Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm super excited to sit down with entrepreneur and model Greta Rowley. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Olivia. I'm so excited to meet you. I feel like I follow you on TikTok and kind of like know you already, which is like such a weird feeling. Um, But I wanted to learn a little bit more about like your background, your career, how you got started in modeling, content creating, all of that. So where are you from? How'd you get here? (laughs) So originally I grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour and a half drive outside of Manhattan. I was into theater growing up, come and see Broadway. Fell in love with the city and also fashion from the time I was a young a young girl. And once I learned about the school FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology, I became obsessed. Like it was, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go there from when I was in like eighth grade. So when I finally got in my senior year of high school, there was no question that I was moving to New York. Mm-hmm. And I actually moved here when I was 17. I turned 18 like a week into college. And I studied marketing and communications. And while I was in school... I got scouted by my mother agent, which led me to start modeling. And it was like side income while I was in school. And it was great. And then the pandemic hit my senior year of college. And so I was like on the back burner for modeling for a year. Wow. And it wasn't until like 2021 when that started picking up back up again. What is it like being a model in New York City? Is it like as cutthroat (laughs) as everyone thinks? (laughs) Honestly, I feel like when I was younger and I first started, when I was 19, I first started modeling, I think I struggled with feeling insecure and comparing myself to others a lot more. But I feel like I found my place in the industry and I'm happier with myself. I have a more balanced career, a balanced like sources where I get my happiness from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from like my fiance, my family, my friends. So there's less pressure on it. So when you went into like lockdown during your senior year, is that kind of when you started making content on TikTok? Yes, I was living with at home with my brother, my little sister who was in high school at the time who taught me how to use TikTok. (laughs) Hi, Mia, if you ever listen to this. And my cousin Mm -hmm. and my fiance, we were all at my parents' house for like three months. And my sister and I were making like TikToks, you know, just to pass the days. So that's how I got into it. So how has your, like, content evolved? So much. (laughs) Like, if somebody scrolled back on my page, and I hope this doesn't inspire anybody (laughs) to do that, it's so embarrassing. So embarrassing. Because now I know a lot of your content revolves around, like, lifestyle, like, you planning your wedding, which I always love having brides-to-be on the pod to talk about that. Is that kind of where you've been, like, leaning into or finding, like, inspiration? So the funny thing about, like, why I love sharing about wedding planning and wedding style so much, it's actually been a passion of mine since I was a little girl. Like, when I was in fourth grade, my mom gifted me a Vera Wang book on weddings for Christmas because I was obsessed with Vera Wang, her wedding dress design process, and all things weddings. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It was just my little girl passion. I even wrote my college essay for FIT about how I used to want to be a wedding dress designer, even though I was going to school for marketing. So now that I'm kind of going through it myself and planning this event, I love sharing even advice and tips and ideas that I may or may not be using. So how and when did you get engaged? And tell us the story. I got engaged uh, February 24th of last year in 2022. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And back then, we were in Portugal 
which is where Sebastian, my fiance's family lives. And my parents were coming in the next day at, for my mom's birthday. They had been before a couple times. So I didn't really think, I wasn't suspicious that they were going to be joining us on this trip. And we had just landed that day, got lunch with Sebastian's dad, who apparently, he doesn't speak that much English, but apparently he was speaking in Portuguese to the restaurant employees that day, like about me getting engaged in front of my face. And I just had like no idea. It was right over my head. And then we, so we go home after lunch and we take a nap at Sebastian's dad's house and I'm sleeping. I hear the alarm go off after an hour and I'm like, I just hit it off. I was like, we'll sleep for four hours. I was like, I'm so tired, so jet lagged. And now when we wake up, it's almost like six o'clock. So it's starting to get dark out. Mm -hmm. And Sebastian's like, you promised me we would go on this hike. And I said, I was like, whatever, we'll just go meet your family for dinner. It's fine. We don't need to go on this hike. We always do. I was like, we'll go tomorrow morning. He was like, you promised me. Come on, it'll be nice. I'll bring a bottle of wine. We can have it at the edge of the cliff. I was like, okay, fine. So I literally throw on my Uggs, yoga pants, fleece hoodie, and my hair is like clipped on top of my head. (laughs) I was like, okay, let's go. And all I can hear on the hike is this wine bottle like clanking with these like two glasses in there. And I'm like, why don't we just leave the wine? Like we will just have some when we get back. It's fine. He's like, no, like we're going, we're having this wine at the edge of the cliff. It's like, okay. And sure enough, at the edge of the cliff, I'm in my full on sweatpants and everything. And he proposed and I was so shocked because I was like, really? Like now? (laughs) But also I feel like he knew if he didn't do it then, then I would have been suspicious. Mm-hmm. And I was just happy that my, my nails were done for vacation. So, <laughs> and obviously to get engaged, it was amazing. And then when my parents came in the next day, we all celebrated and it was it was so nice. That's so nice. And now you're getting married in Portugal, right? Yep. So how has the wedding like planning process been? So I would say in the beginning, it feels pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But once you start, like just reaching out to your vendors one by one and start like chipping away, you kind of get a little bit more relief. I would say like four months out from the wedding, I was like, huh, like I feel pretty good about it. And you always knew you wanted to get married like in Portugal. Yes. I mean, Sebastian has been like the only person in my life that I could ever see myself getting married to. And we always knew that we wanted to do it in Portugal. I mean, his whole family lives there. It made so much sense for us to do it there. I I love it there. I think we've been together like 20 or 21 times. Oh, my God. But he's he's a pilot. So the benefits, the benefits of the flight benefits have helped us in that sense. (sighs) Um, And you mentioned to me earlier that you're not using a planner. So what made you come to that decision? Because it must be so difficult to I mean, I got married in Italy and I tried to not use a planner at first and I completely gave up. And I was like doing this in a foreign country is like impossible. Yes. And if Sebastian's family didn't live there, I think it would be a completely different ballgame. I think, I mean, you, you seem so creative. I'm sure you could have done it yourself, but it's, it is really, really overwhelming. And I definitely think planners are extremely useful in this situation. But since Sebastian's family lived there, his sister has worked in hospitality okay. her whole life. So mm-hmm. she's given me like great pointers, great venue suggestions, everything in that regard. And even like if we need someone to make a phone call, or a bank transfer, like every vendor is different in that sense. Mm-hmm. So that can get a little bit confusing. You know, we can have some one somebody in his family do it and then just give them the cash and then avoid certain taxes. It's like, it's crazy. <laughs> do you have any tips or like key pieces of advice for someone else that is thinking about like a destination wedding and doing it on their own? I would say be prepared to plan two or three events for your guests because it's a lot to ask people to travel for mm-hmm. only one day's worth of events. 
be comfortable with the idea of getting legally married in like a courthouse locally. That's can, what we did. It's very and make a day out of it. Like yeah. do it. Like do it up. Like w- get another fun white dress or whatever. Maybe you wear light blue. I don't know. But make it turn it into a positive. I got two wedding bands, so that was like I the didn't positive. Do this yeah. <laughs> Sebastian was like, "Does everybody get two wedding bands?" I was like, if "You have two yeah. weddings, you know." I was like, "Yeah, everybody does that. It's <laughs> fine." And I would say. Online, it says that 30% of people on average say no to destination weddings. Not, not That's the case. not true at all. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Do not believe everything you read online. Only believe what you hear in this podcast. <laughs> no, people, I totally thought that's what would happen. And I, I did this in like a completely crazy way. It's a totally different story. But I only invited people two months before the destination wedding. And I was like, I'm definitely going to have a lot of drop off. And two months before. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to, can you tell me about that? Okay, so we got engaged while we were filming a reality TV show that we had like signed an NDA for, so we couldn't say what happened on the show. So we were engaged in secret for 10 months, and then I was going to announce it once the show went live, but then we got a call that we weren't going to be aired. So then I just had to tell everyone we were getting married in two months in Italy. I did. I have no idea about any of this. Yeah, that is crazy. I know. So I'm still no one. Not like I got like two people dropping off, and everyone was like, "Great, see you there." Like it'll be a great vacation. That's crazy. And they didn't even really know you guys as a couple, or did they? Um, no. Like we we were together for like six years at that point. So oh, I, I guess I, I for some reason I guess I didn't. I'm, I just finished Love is Blind, so I don't oh, know why. No, 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 no. I think, no, like, no. every We, we had, like, been together. Like we had been, like, working together, like, started this business together, everything, but we just, like, didn't tell anyone we were engaged until we're like, hey, we're engaged and we're getting married in two months in Italy. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, that sounds really romantic, and it's cool that the people in your life care about you so much and made, like, the snap decision. I obviously let, like, my bridesmaids, like, have a heads up. But, like, yeah, no, no one dropped off, which was crazy because everyone wants... I'd be like, great, I'd love to go to Portugal, you know? I mean, it's true. And, like, when they know that they... I, like, want our guests from the the second they touch down to feel like for three days they will be taken care of. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so much fun. I hope... I can't wait to see friends from different walks of different parts of my life mm-hmm. become friends with each other. I think that's the part that I'm most excited for besides actually getting married. Well, um, the best part is it's like you're in this place that's so special to you and your fiance and like all the people that matter to you are in like the same place celebrating you, which is like the most awesome feeling. I can't even believe like this is a thing that humans do. It's yeah. so sweet and special like that's so nice right yeah so can you give us some insight into some you know special things that you're going to be doing in terms of like i don't know decor fun moments fun um, moments things that will inspire maybe some other brides to be that are planning their weddings so right by the day after our wedding um and i haven't even spoken about this on my on my tiktok we're doing a, a beach party mm-hmm. and it's a beach that sebastian grew up going to it's like where we got engaged that like you can see the cliff mm-hmm. where, where we got engaged from where we're doing it on the beach and it's this like cool old beach bar we're bringing in some like furniture rentals but still keeping it like very low-key yeah and chill like everybody's just hanging out and we are going to be taking all of our guests in these little tuk-tuks which cute um from the venue to there which is like a 15 minute ride mm-hmm. and they're like these little carts that and I'm like so curious to see what it, normally like just the bride and groom take them yeah. places to and from their wedding. But to see all of my friends like going down in this line, I'm like, <laughs> that's going to be the most like epic pictures. And I'm super excited for that. 
What are some trends in terms of bridal gowns, things like that, that you're seeing right now? So definitely like the drop basque waist corsets, like those, like, oh, yes. where it doesn't end at the natural mm-hmm. waist. It hits you like almost at right at like, I guess your natural hips. hip. Yeah. yeah. And the basque is when it comes down to like a point in the front and the back, like below your belly button mm-hmm. and then on your lower back. And it's really like elongating for the torso. I also think that we're like back in a... Um, a big gown era, Mm -hmm. like a big ball gown and kind of moving away from minimalism. So if this was like sex in the city, we're moving away from like the Charlotte era and we're entering like, you know, Carrie Bradshaw era. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be seeing birds on the head, but (laughs) I think we're going to be seeing crazier veils, more like ornate detailing that isn't necessarily like... seeing lots of sleeves. Lots of sleeves, lots of detachable sleeves. Like Hailey Bieber started that trend, but... I think that that'll, you know, not even just detachable sleeves, like dresses that transform. Yes. Or the skirts can be popped off. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a jacket that goes over top. People love that. They Mm -hmm. love to have the second look. Yes. I love a second look, third look, as many looks, the better. I also think that we're seeing more customized weddings and not in the way that you think. Not just like, you know, somebody puts a logo on the dance floor, which, you know, has been around forever. Couples are showing their personality traits and their interests in cool ways. I, one of my like favorite wedding vendors, it's called the Ceremony Club. I saw that they're doing like these customizable pizza boxes because oh, you know cute. how people like bring late night yeah, food sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, that is so artistic and like epic. I would, I, I think people are just becoming more and more creative. Yeah, definitely. As someone who goes to a lot of weddings, I think I've noticed that more people are doing like bold colors. Yes. Before everything was like white and cream and, you know, very like neutrals. I think the few weddings I've been to recently have been like big, bold, bright colors and like a mixing of those two. I see like both sides. I see like the Sophia Richie type of weddings with like the white flowers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was a statement in itself because that floral install was Well, that ins- was like insane. insane. I was yeah. like, if that was in color, I don't if even the- know if my eyes could handle it. Well, that wouldn't <laughs> like, yeah, there's like the quiet luxury and then like the loud in your face, like disco, like. But I think there's like a place in the wedding world for both because yeah. they're interesting in two different ways. And I think for I'll forever love a white flower look when it's executed well Mm -hmm. but i have been loving these deep rich jewel tones even in bridesmaids dresses we're getting away from like the pastel colors everybody was wearing like blush pink yes in like 2018 2019 yeah and now we see i had blush pink in my (laughs) wedding in 2019 but they weren't all matching so i I, I was ahead of the trend yeah (laughs) i don't know if we'll ever go back to the trend being all matching yeah i don't i don't know people have a really um, more of a sense of individuality. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with social media. Yeah. But it makes for really, really interesting images. Totally. I love that. And shifting gears a little bit to jewelry. Oh, yeah. Especially as a, a newly engaged or an engaged woman um, with a jewelry line. How did you get started with your costume jewelry line? So in 2019... I actually had three of my remaining grandparents pass away. So it was a really tough year. And both of my grandmothers like gave me some jewelry. I received a lot after they passed. And I was obsessed with wearing it, layering it. It made me feel connected with them. I loved how it was sentimental. A lot of the pieces were like very 80s. Like mm-hmm. this is my grandma's um, from my dad's side her wedding band and she actually like got this um when in her 40s or 50s so like, she was like saving for it for a few years and it's I, very cool and i know how special it is for her and so i wear it every single day and i wore it before obviously i was engaged so i felt 
weird not wearing it after. So I was like, I'll just get it resized, wear it on my other hand. And I had all this jewelry. And then 2020, there was a modeling lull Mm because, you know, industries were saving money. They weren't shooting as many new clothes. And I was like, I just graduated from FIT with my bachelor's in marketing. I was like, how can I utilize this to have fun and use my degree, but still be creative? And I was like, I'll do an online jewelry store. Everybody loves jewelry. And since then, it's become way, it started off a little bit more minimalistic. It's becoming more eclectic, more fun, more bold. And I love the idea of like creating pieces that make girls feel special. Like you could wear, I mean, this isn't one of my necklaces, but you could wear like a simple tank and a bold necklace Mm -hmm. and feel really, really put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned that, you know, I love jewelry too, obviously, because it has like special sentimental meaning. Um, Can you tell us like kind of what certain pieces that are like special to you that you've like inherited like mean to you and you know why so i'm in i designed this cross necklace that's like a big bold cross because mm-hmm. my grandma always wore like this like fun like chunky cross and then i would see like my mom wearing it mm-hmm. it's actually technically my mom inherited it mm-hmm. but i borrowed it for like a few nights out and i got so many compliments on it and it made me feel really cool like i yeah. just felt like this is old older this is my what my grandma wore what my mom's worn and now i can wear it in my own way and it's funny right because two two girls could have like the same necklace and even be from the same family and wear it entirely totally. differently mm-hmm. and i love that about jewelry you know i love that um and you do a series on tiktok that i love that's you know like what your engagement ring says about you yeah so i wanted to play that game with you let's do it right now cool okay so we're going to play what your engagement ring says about you the first one is a five carat square modern cushion cut set in rose gold with a hidden halo wow Five carats looks amazing on the hand. I'm getting more of a read on the rose gold than even the cushion cut. I feel like women that love rose gold are very nurturing people, very feminine. Um, I think that it looks amazing on, I, you know, it's not always a popular metal, but it looks amazing on all skin tones. And I think that rose gold people are like ride or die rose gold people. They are ride or die rose yeah. gold, pe- gold people for yeah. sure. And I love the two-tone setting because then the rose gold, you know, doesn't get any of that color reflecting in the diamond. Mm-hmm. Even cushion cut because of the softer edges, mm-hmm. it makes me think that the person wearing it is sophisticated, but you know, they're softer. They're not, you know, they have a nice way of t- speaking to people. I would trust somebody that wore this ring. They seem like very like kind, like kind energy. I also have a hot take that pe- a lot of people that love rose gold have a middle name Rose. Whoa. <laughs> I feel like that's really accurate. Or their names are like, their first name is like Lily. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Great. Next, we have a 7.2 carat emerald cut set with tapered baguettes in a platinum setting. Ugh. This this is this is beautiful. I can I come can I walk home with this? This is amazing. <laughs> um, emeralds. This is giving me all the Upper East Side vibes to a T. The tapered baguettes. This is an extremely classic style for a woman that is very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. The clarity on this is insane. So emerald cuts they hide a lot of their carat weight. So you know when it looks big on somebody's fingers, probably it's like a big, it's a big diamond. You also don't want to ever sacrifice much clarity with an emerald because you can see right through them. They have a very mirrored effect. 
You could be a gemologist here if you want. <laughs> I love, um, but for me, like the emerald combined with the tapered baguettes definitely means that the woman's sophisticated. She's elevated. She loves her dinners at Casa Cipriani. Yeah. She wants, she, her kids are in the best private schools. It's giving rich. She's living, she has a beautiful house in the Hamptons and she's going this weekend. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's giving oh. luxe. Sorry. Sorry, do you want to put it on? Today? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Gladly, I'll put it on again. <laughs> Okay, this one is a four-carat oval um, on a plain, skinny platinum setting. I, I love an oval. I have an oval. You have salt. an oval. <laughs> I have an oval solitaire and a gold band. But I was like, this one's platinum. So it's yeah, different. so it's different. <laughs> this one, this the person wearing this has a very clean aesthetic. They know themselves well, so they're not afraid to stick to the classics. I do believe that an oval set solitaire is the new classic. It's never going to go out of style. It's extremely flattering on the finger. Um, I could see this person having a, a, like a wedding in Lake Como because like, mm-hmm. they're very... There's, I still think there's a sense of sophistication, but they're fun. They're outgoing. They enjoy trends, but they don't necessarily stick to all of them. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't never pick something just because it's trendy. Yeah, Totally. Next, we have a 5.6 carat fancy yellow radiant cut with trapezoid side stones. This might be my favorite that we've tried on so far. Really? And I and I have an oval solitaire. <laughs> so uh, different. It's so different. For me, this is like the Upper East Side New York mom that is very adventurous. Mm-hmm. So she's different from the Emerald with the Traps because this this woman, she loves skiing in Aspen. She loves surfing in, in California or Hawaii. Mm-hmm. She's a big traveler. She has a strong sense of self. And she, I don't know, it's giving socialite. Like it's giving social butterfly on the go, on the move. Mm-hmm. I could see her having three kids, like two boys, one girl. I don't know. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> People like to hear the specifics and this yeah. is what I'm envisioning with this ring. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It looks great on you too. I'll take it. <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot of people do fancy yellow for like maybe like second ring. Second ring. Yeah. That's true. But I just see this, I just see it as like an adventurous spirit for yeah. some reason. All right, we have two more to go. Next, we have a three-carat old European cut set in an antique platinum setting. So antique, um, the old European cuts are like antique rounds. This is a two-carat or three? Three Three-carat. This is gorgeous. I've actually never tried on um, an old mine cut before, but I've always really liked them. I think someone with vintage style, especially with this setting, They curate a lot of their clothes from like vintage resources. Like it fits their whole personality and aesthetic. I could see this woman living in Williamsburg, Mm -hmm. knowing all the best places to eat, Mm -hmm. having the best coffee shop. I could see her working in like graphic design or interior design. Mm -hmm. Somebody who just knows how to take old things and make them look new again. Yeah, totally. She's someone that wears like a lot of like vintage designer, I think. Yeah, she's very chic. You know, people hear the word like thrifted or vintage and Sometimes people don't know how to feel about it, but if you make it feel new again in its own way, I think it makes some of the most epic moments. Totally. Love it. That looks good on you, too. I love the old mine cut. People say that, like, old mines don't sparkle as much, but this looks extremely sparkly to me. They just have a different kind of sparkle. It's, like, a chunkier facet, so they're, like, bigger flashes of white. Just not as not as brilliant, but yeah, but really, really cool. It's, like, a charm to it. Yeah. Last but not least, we have a 4.4 carat oval set with half moon side stones. 
This is one of my favorite three stone combinations. I could even see this ring for myself because I mean, I love the oval, but I love how it has some differentiation Mm -hmm. with the side stones. I think this person is ultra, ultra feminine, super maximalist, prioritizes the most finger coverage. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is definitely giving me a younger bride energy for some reason. It feels very youthful, even though I don't think it will ever date itself. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we see more of these become popular. I think we're going to see more oval three stones. I love an oval three stone. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for playing. That was so much fun. I loved it. So did you have a role in designing your own engagement ring? So I told my best friend, my mom, and yes, I told Sebastian that I wanted an oval set on the skinny gold band. I feel like, you know, people are like, let your fiance design it, let them, or your boyfriend, I guess, at the time. But for me, I was like, I know exactly what I want. And it's not a surprise that we both want to get engaged. This is something that we are are talking through. We're having real conversations of what marriage looks like for us. And I mean, engagements... Are they ever, like, fully a surprise? I mean, the moment can be, but... Yeah, I I mean, most of our couples that we work with, like, work together in some capacity, whether, like, you know, one of the partners knows exactly what they want or they work, like, together to, like, kind of choose things. Like, rarely... I mean, you're making this big decision together, so you should be involved. You're going to wear it every day, you know? you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And so he he chose the stone. I didn't even know like where he was getting it designed. He just did it with somebody in the diamond district. And I love that he went like so elongated with the shape. Mm-hmm. And also the hidden halo was his mm-hmm. choice. I didn't. I mean, this was over a year ago and they weren't as popular as they I are now. I love a hidden halo. It's interesting because even though you don't see it, when you look at it, your ring from the side, it does add a little bit more like a spot more with your diamond. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. It's like a little like X, something a little extra. Something like a little extra special. And I love that. He was so excited to like show me that part. And I was like, <laughs> I was like that's really nice. So, um, and I know that you went with the natural diamond. Um, was there like a specific reason why? Like we only work with natural, but. Right. For me, natural diamonds were represented an engagement to me. They've been in the earth since Billions. Billions of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want your li- your love to last for a billion years. Endless, endless love. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like they've been the symbol of love for, you know, the past. When did, when did diamond rings become popular? Like 100 years ago? Yeah. Um, for a reason. And I always knew I wanted a natural diamond. I also love that if I ever wanted to upgrade or have that option that, it could be an exchange and then you can change your ring with that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, when I pass it down through generations, I wanted it to be a natural stone just so because it would hold its value. Totally. And that's why we love natural diamonds, too. I'm, I'm a big fan of natural diamonds work. So <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So how do you navigate those initial conversations of like engagements or like what you want out of an engagement ring, you know, without being awkward? <laughs> When you're getting married to somebody, these conversations should be able to happen. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to have these conversations because you should be completely comfortable talking about your wants and desires with Mm -hmm. your partner. I think even talking about marriage and wanting to get engaged is a conversation that happens over the course of time. Mm -hmm. And once you have established that both you and your partner want this together, then you can start talking about diamonds. And, you know, you can always have an element of surprise if you, you know, they pick the what the stone is because you can pick an oval but there are a hundred variations of ovals 
but I, like a million variations of cushion cuts. I also <laughs> think it can be special if you have that relationship with your partner where you absolutely love their style and you want that surprise. I think that's beautiful too. But ultimately, it should be what you guys both want together. Right. I know Sebastian didn't want... He didn't even want us to like try on rings together because he just wanted that one moment of the one ring. But obviously, we could communicate what type of style I liked as well. Something that's really nice is adding an engraving mm-hmm. or if there's enough room in the band, sticking in a birthstone. Birthstones, love that. Or some kind of stone that has like a sentimental meaning mm-hmm. that she doesn't know about going into the engagement. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, like, look inside and you can she can still have that little element of like, I didn't expect that, you know? Yeah, I love that. And if you're already engaged, this is such a nice thing to do for your wedding bands because you can pick them out together, but then like secretly get it engaged before the wedding. Yeah, I love that. And I people do that a lot for their wedding bands together. You put like the dates or like a little saying or something that's yeah. special to you guys. I'm definitely going to do that. I love it. I think it's so sweet. Totally. And then they never forget your anniversary. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> So what's next for you? Are there any like exciting things that you're working on that we should keep an eye out for? I'm trying to, I mean, I I love the bridal world. Mm -hmm. I love like the relationships I've made in the bridal world. So even after I get married, um, I would love to work in the bridal world for in some capacity. At the very, at the very least, I am working on a bridal jewelry collection and making some really fun pieces. So I'm excited for that. It's been hard to keep working on it during this crazy like mm-hmm. last three months before the wedding, but it'll be coming like next year. And besides that, um, I've loved getting to know other brides online. Like when they reach out to me, ask me for advice about mm-hmm. certain things. And besides that, I just want to like share more about like health and wellness, living in the city, like modeling and just ultimately like expanding, expanding your network and happiness and along those lines. Awesome. Where can we follow you? You can follow me on TikTok, Greta Rolli, G-R-E-T-A-R-O-L-L-I. And it's the same on Instagram. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is so much fun. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Awesome. I'm Olivia Landau, founder of The Clear Cut, and you just listened to Cozying Up, where we feature women that inspire us. You can tune into episodes wherever you listen to your favorite shows and find us on social media at The Clear Cut.